Hi, I'm Sophie Milliken and welcome to this episode of the Ambition Accelerator podcast. Today I'm chatting with Aisha Nayar, award-winning solicitor and businesswoman and presenter of BBC's Crime Are We Tough Enough? as well as the resident legal expert on Channel 4's Steps Pack Lunch. Hello, so I'm here today with Aisha Nayar who is a lawyer, businesswoman, entrepreneur, business owner, TV presenter, award winner, friend, all around superstar. So I'm really excited to be interviewing you today for my new book, The Ambition Accelerator. Really excited to hear your stories and also your advice because I know you've got some cool stuff to share. So welcome. Thank you. That was a great introduction, Sophie. Thank you so much for that. I, I tick all those boxes as well, as you said. Love it. Yes. So let's kick off with the classic question around, did you always know what you wanted to be when you grew up? No, I'm going to be honest. I didn't. I started off um, with some great A-level results, went on to university and I chose law as a subject because probably like a lot of my uh, peer group, we watched too many legal dramas on the TV and we were attracted to the highs and the lows of that courtroom environment and I personally love the glamour of it all and so for me in my head being a lawyer was all about the highs the lows winning cases having this team around you and then yet getting dressed up to go to work as well and to be honest as shallow as it may sound that was the reason I went on to be a lawyer once I started my law degree I absolutely loved it made some fantastic friends who I'm still really good friends with now got my first job in a law firm and people say to me well isn't it dry in comparison to what you've seen on the tv and I think it's what it's in your it's what's in your head and I absolutely from day one loved being in that legal environment and fast forward all these years later I'm still a lawyer lots of my legal friends have changed careers along the way because as you know Mm. what you start off doing 25 years later you're not necessarily on that same career path but yeah I absolutely love what I do I am still a lawyer proud to say and I'm so glad I almost fell into it at an early stage but then carried it on yeah but it's really interesting because you have diversified into having like a few other interests as well sort of with the you know the tv work and all your media stuff that you're doing lately so that's been interesting i guess to kind of broaden your horizons in that sense it has i mean i'm not just a lawyer anymore i have my own law firm so i'm a director i'm an entrepreneur i'm a businesswoman i have forged a very successful media career on the back of being a lawyer as well so i have presented on tv i'm a regular on various radio programs i'm a guest speaker on i've been on lots of different daytime programs as a guest speaker i've handled some high profile cases on the back of that i've done a lot of um, public speaking so i've married my legal career quite successfully with this media career and for me that's massively worked as an individual and how has that helped you with with your business has it brought new clients to you does it, you know how, does it translate into sales or is it just something that you're doing because you enjoy doing it well first and foremost i do enjoy doing it i, I literally found my forte there sophie um i absolutely love it but from my business perspective it's fantastic it's it's marketing 
it's raising your profile. People trust well-known names, don't they? You know, if you see somebody on the TV, they've got a credibility behind them because I've been a presenter on a BBC programme. They wouldn't have me on if I wasn't worth my salt. They wouldn't put me on the TV as a lawyer if I didn't have decent credentials. So in terms of how it's affected my business, it certainly raised the profile. Mm. Following the TV programme, we got a lot of work on the back of that. And as soon as we said, and it's a great, it's a unique selling point as well, isn't it? And mm. when I put my, take off my lawyer hat and I put on my businesswoman hat, it's a great unique selling point to yeah. say, I'm a lawyer and I'm on the TV because there's not many of us that do that. Yeah, I love that. And I think with, particularly with a sector like, like law, actually how do you stand out from your competitors and it does give you that something that, that's a bit different and actually knowing how well you've done on the award circuit over the last year in particular I think having that angle added to it has probably made you stand out from loads of, of other finalists which is why you've won everything that you've gone for. I did, I did have a bit of a clean sweep last year but I will say this I mean people perceive lawyers to be these dry individuals and whenever I meet marketing companies or media companies they always say I saw you and I saw the the, the um I saw the, the your name as a lawyer to interview and you know I was expecting this really dry drab woman to interview and then they suddenly see me and I'm all singing all dancing so I think again if I could give any advice to any lawyers thinking of starting their careers or or you know that there's generally there's this um this, this impression of professionals that we are dry and quite you know boring and you know quite rigid and quite stuck in our ways but we're not you know we are colorful individual people who can bring a lot to the table apart from our technical expertise so if you are looking to set up a business i think i've said it already i think you've got to bring your personality to the table to make it stand out because as you quite rightly said i'm in a very very competitive industry you know, there's thousands of lawyers, there's, you know, on the high streets, you know, they're full of lawyers, law firms. What, what would make me stand out? And you've got to have a USP. So for me, for my brand, it was for, for Nayar's solicitors, it was creating a brand. And that brand, it was a business concept that we decided to do was to build the brand around an individual, which was Aisha Nayar. So it was literally putting myself out there to say here I am I'm a lawyer I'm an individual you know I'm I'm friendly I'm passionate I'm in, in I'll provide you with a lot of um support in your case I can do you know I can do all of those things that you want a lawyer to do technically but as an individual I'll hold your hand and I'll guide you and I'm very personal um as well along the way yeah. Let me just ask you a question about putting yourself out there, because when you put yourself out there, particularly as a brand and you start to get interest from from various areas and, and your profile starting to rise. Have you experienced, obviously you've experienced some really positive things from that in terms of interest and, and sales for the business, but have you experienced any negativity with that at all? Have you, has anyone given you a hard time or, you know, has anything bad happened as a result of putting yourself out there? No, I don't think it has. I think for me, it's worked. But it's very important that that image that you put out, one is true to you. Yeah. So you're never going to have anyone saying, well, that's not really Aisha and AR. You know, that's all a fake. You know, yeah. what you see is what I am. Yeah. So 
it, I think it's really important that you put the, the true image out there. But it is a big responsibility when your name's on the door and you're putting yourself out there. Mm. I think in your personal and your professional life, you've got to conduct yourself a certain way because yeah. you are building your business on you. Mm. So I've got to tick those boxes in uh, inside work and outside work as well. Mm. But to be honest, Sophie, when you get to a certain age like I am, I'm not partying anymore. I'm quite, you know, I'm quite, everything I do now. No dirt to find out about you. There's nothing for them to uncover. <laughs> oh God, don't, don't tell that story. Don't tell that story. Um, no, to be honest, what I do now, um, the, 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 in my professional life, in my personal life, you know, I'm at a certain age now where I take my responsibility, both in work and outside work, very seriously so no to be honest I've not had any negativity that's good that's good because I guess that's always a bit of a thing that you know people are, are, are nervous about and and women in particular I think you know a bit nervous about putting themselves out there because does it leave them open to um you know people I guess trolling them or or, or whatever but that's good to hear that you've had a positive experience and I think your your point there around being true to yourself and not being fake is is something that probably um is study on really good stead in that sense as well so thinking about um you know because you've had you've had a really successful few years in in, in particular and, and you've had that sort of um you know that climb i guess o over the the course of your career so far do you set yourself goals at any point like do you you know when you when you opened the the business did you say right i want to be turning over this amount or um have this number of staff or whatever do you set yourself those kind of goals i do set myself goals at the start of every year i sit down and i look at what do i want to achieve this year so there was a turnover there was a staff count there was an efficiency um, there was opening a new office, there was I want to win awards and every year the goal, the goal stays static because you always want to increase your turnover year on year, you want to grow as a business year on year. The awards, the first year I won an award, I was like wow actually this is, you know, this is a big deal and the next year I want to win more and then I won more and, and so yeah absolutely I set myself goals. I think you've got to and the analogy I'll, I give to my team is if you don't know where you're going you might get there but you won't necessarily get there the quickest and the fastest way, the quickest, fastest way that you can. You know, you open your front door and you wander out and you don't know where you're going. You know, you might end up somewhere beautiful, but it'll take you a long time and it's a windy road, but you might not. And so what you want to do is you want to open the door and know exactly where you're going and get there as quick as you can. And you, you've got to have a map to do that, don't you? You've got to have a plan. Definitely. I mean, I definitely agree with that. And I think if you, if you don't measure things, it, it's hard to to be as productive and to achieve as much. So when you've um, smashed your goals, do you stop and celebrate? I do always stop and celebrate, but as you know, as a working woman and mum and, and all the other things I do, you don't have a very long celebration, do you? Because the next day it's back to business as usual. But yeah, no, I always celebrate. I think it's a massive achievement. To, and, and you know, whenever I've, got, I've won an award, you, I, I look at, you know, I display them in the office and they're huge to me because for a woman of my background and where I've come from to win, you know, I won at the Law Society Excellence Awards last year and, they're, and I, I often say, they're like the legal Oscars. You pinch yourself when your name is announced. Yeah. You're, you're like, what? wow, they just said me and you're walking up and it's a long walk to the front and all these thoughts are going round your head and, you know, you're like, Don't wow. Trip up. 
almost surreal yeah. um, to be walking up those steps and picking up that award. And even now, um, you know, when I, when I look at, I literally at work now, we've got a trophy cabinet that we call it. I look at that and, and it, you know, I'm incredibly proud of the success I've had. And I think it's really important as women, we do sit back and think, actually, I've done really well and, and I need to celebrate because we don't always do it because we just get home and load people say to me how to keep your feet on the ground and I say well I just come home and load the dishwasher at the end of it <laughs> yeah, well, that's so funny you say that I remember um last year there was like a, a I guess award season for, for us as tends to be sort of September through through to almost Christmas and when I went, won my first award in September, it was so exciting and I was, I was so like buzzing and it was, it was quite local. So it was in Newcastle and I remember coming home and I'd had my hair done. I was wearing this fancy dress with the award and I came home and, you know, I had to like make Jess some fish fingers or something yeah, exactly. in this beautiful dress. And I remember just thinking, oh, this is a bit surreal, but yeah, it's no, the reality. So I've been at award ceremonies and I've been literally at the back thinking, have they done the homework? Mm. And then I'll literally go to the back and I'll FaceTime the girls and I'll say, have you done your homework yet? And they'll go, where are you? Why are you wearing that dress? And I go, you know I'm at an awards, but have you done your homework? Show it me, show it me. I need to make sure you've done it. But that's, that's mum life, isn't it? Keeping it real. Keeping yeah, it and then you'll walk back, you'll sit at your desk and they'll announce your name and you're on the stage and everyone's cheering. But, yeah. you know, that, that's life, isn't it? So yeah. as brilliant as it is to win all those awards, you're absolutely right. We do need to celebrate it. Yeah, I agree. Because otherwise, it's too easy to just go on to the next thing. So you've got to, you've definitely got to pause and sort of take a bit of a bit of time for that. So moving on to talk about role models. Have you ever, have you had role models throughout your career? Do you have them now? Or have they played a role in your success? Well, my, I grew up in a family business. So my dad had a family business. And when people ask me who are your role models or where do you get your work ethic from because I work incredibly hard and one thing you know I, I always say to myself at the start of the year is work hard and I worked hard last year but I'm going to work harder this year um, and I look back at where do I get that desire to work so hard from and I think it was growing up in a family where it, we had a family business and my dad was um, and in those days, you know, I'm of a certain age where, you know, in that generation, it was mainly the dads that went out to work, mums were homemakers, and I was in a family like that. And then my dad had this family business, he was a breadwinner, and he got very sick. Um, and he, his kidney started failing, and, and, you know, as a family, looking back, it was a really difficult time, because our only source of income, there was a threat to it coming in, and, you know, we were a family that had never, ever, you know, had anything other than an income coming in you know we, we would work we were a family but we were a working class family but my dad was this really hard worker um, and he got really really sick and then he started spending a lot of time in hospital and he went on dialysis now dialysis now you know 30 years later is a 25 years later is a different concept altogether it's done very quickly but he would go into hospital three nights a week and I remember he'd go at seven in the morning and he'd come back at seven in the morning he'd go at seven at night come back seven in the morning and he'd drive straight to work and he'd do a day's work. And, and I look back and he did that for years until he got a kidney transplant. Um, and that work ethic of, we can't, the business is there and it's got to run and I need to go to work because I need to earn money to put food on the table for my wife and my children. And then my mum slowly, as my dad deteriorated and started spending more and more time in hospital, my mum then joined the family business with him. So very quickly, she went from being a homemaker 
to working with him and together even though looking back at those years he was very very sick failure of that business was not an option because we as a family you know they had young kids they just had to get on with it mm. and I look back and I think who were my role models there was a very very sick man who failure of his business was not an option and I often say failure of my it's not an option for me it's not it's not ever in my agenda you know I will do whatever I can to keep my head afloat in this business and I always have done mm. um so when I look back at that time there was my dad very very sick but getting on with it because he had to there was my mom who literally adapted very very quickly to a changing circumstance in her life picked up those business skills roll the sleeves up and I do it all the time now and they just got on with it and you know and then it went on to flourish again so from a from for me role models for me I think that that was a very strong early influence I had in my life that things aren't always good in business are they you know there are ups and downs and nothing is guaranteed yeah. and I often say you know make my mantra you know is make hay while the sun shines it really is make hay while the sun shines. I say to myself all the time when I'm getting up at five in the morning um, <laughs> or I'm going to bed at like two in the morning make hay while the sun shines because I, I always look back at that time and, and as you know and we all know nothing is guaranteed in business is it you can have a good few years and something as crazy as this pandemic can come into the mix then all of your plans go out the window. So I think it's really important that we do have positive role models. Yep. Um, and and that was a very, they were very strong early role models for me. And if times are ever bad for me or I'm, you know, I'm tired and I'm feeling sorry for myself, I'm like, come on, Aisha. Yeah. All your socks up, you know, let's get on with it. So I yeah. think it is important to have role models. Um, my role models are always, um, I don't need to have, you know, big successful role models. It could be just, you know, my friend who's, working full time and has got children and, and managing it all, or it could be somebody very successful on the TV, you know, I, who, who's very entrepreneurial. Um, and I think it's important to, to have role models in your life. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, it's pulling out those key attributes, I guess, from, from each of them. It's really interesting hearing you um, give that example, you know, with the family business when you were younger, because a lot of what you were saying there leads back to that whole work ethic piece and, and that thing around working hard. And I've been thinking about this quite a lot lately around how, you know, if you work really, really hard at something, you know, can is that enough to stop something from failing in terms of a business or a career? And I actually think that that is, is the bulk of it. I mean, clearly there are some circumstances that, that are always out of your control. And I guess the pandemic that we're currently experiencing is, is clearly one of those. But I think even with um, business friends that I've got where they've been in a, a business, I'm, uh, one's coming to mind right now who, who had a very successful business doing affiliate marketing and she was turning over like really good money. This is a few years back now. And they changed, there was some law change around being able to do affiliate marketing and the, the bottom just dropped out of the market. And I was in a mastermind group with her actually, and she was doing dead well. She was like the star of the group, turning over like ridiculous money with this business. And then came to us one month with a problem saying, I'm now not allowed to operate in the same way because of the, the, the rules have changed around it. And she ended up buying an online clothing business instead, which was completely different to what she'd been doing. 
But we were all like, oh my God, that's crazy. Like you've gone from doing this really successful business to, to this. But actually she's made a real massive success of that despite having no, like no experience of it, no knowledge of it. She's always had, she's dead trendy. So she's clearly got a bit of a passion. Yeah. Um, and she's done dead well with it. And I just think, wow. And she worked really hard. And I think there's something around working really hard and putting your mind to something. No one maybe when to give up on something, which is kind of yeah. what being adaptable as well yeah. and, and changing That's your, vicious. yeah, changing where you channel that hard work. I mean, what yeah. you said is absolutely spot on. So for me, I've always worked hard. I've worked hard when I was an employee. Mm -hmm. I've worked hard. People now look at me and think, well, you're the boss. So you would work hard. You would do long days, but I've always done long days. Mm -hmm. Even as an employee, yeah. I remember my very first job, I was earning just under 7,000 pounds and I was, the first in and last out and I, I, I my, when I was a trainee solicitor I worked weekends regularly I took piles and piles of work home I was in every Sunday with them and the managing partner was in and I was in you know the, the man at the top and the man at the bottom the woman at the bottom the girl at the bottom then and the two of us were in and one thing I've always and advice that my dad gave me I remember the first day when I started my first job and they were incredibly proud of me and my parents because I was the first professional of their children to actually go into and you know going into a law firm in those days you know we were a very working class family it was it was a massive achievement I remember the first piece of advice my dad gave me that sticks with me to this day he said work harder than anybody else in that office and you will do well and he's absolutely right and I often say that to my young team you've got to work harder than anybody else out here if you want to shine you've got to be the hardest worker out there you've just got to put the hours in and even now when I look around I am probably the hardest working person I know you know at my stage now people often say to me why don't you take it easy now <laughs> like yeah. you've made it haven't you actually like you've made it you've done it yeah. chill out you know take some time off you know extended break I still act as an employee you know if I'm in if I'm in after nine o'clock you know I'm, I'm nervous oh, it feels car. really late doesn't it I can't I can't yeah I, I, if I'm leaving early um I feel guilty I'm like oh my you know I'm leaving and, and I should be able to do that at this stage of my career because I'm I've built that goodwill and as you know anyone who's running a business you don't switch off when you put the key in the door do you you carry on literally throughout the day throughout the evening you know you're still replying to emails at night but um, that though because you enjoy it and because you love what you do because I've, I've I know I know that you know particularly with friends that I've got that have jobs that they don't enjoy like they do their set hours and their clock watching all the time and they'll do the bare minimum to get to get paid whereas I think if you love what you do and it, whether you do that as as running your own business or as an employee um it doesn't feel like work and you don't count the hours. Never, I think that's really important. And if you are thinking of setting up your own business, you've got to love what you do. You've got to love the product. Um, and if you're an employee, you've got to love what you do. And if it's not for you, then leave. Life's too short. Find something that you enjoy. Because if you enjoy it and you've got to put hard work in, there's no substitute at all for hard work. You know, we look at all these people at the top in various professions. And it looks great, doesn't it? You know, when I walk on a stage and I'm there with my award holding it up, it looks amazing, doesn't it? But what people have got to realise is anybody at the top of their game, there's probably a good 10, 20, 25 years of hard work that's gone in 
to then pick that award up. Um, and there is no substitute for hard work, but you've also got to love what you do as well. I yeah. think that's yeah. that'll be important. You're so right. It's it's really interesting that awards analogy, and um, you know, it's all the stuff that leads up to that point, is it? You know, you don't get an award in your first year of. Three, no. you've you've got to kind of put put the hours in and, and put the work in. So one well, of the, that, that analogy of the swan, isn't it? You know, yes. swimming <laughs> But really, there's all this going on, um, and that's exactly what it is. When you win awards, you know, you glide up there, don't you? And you pick it up, and you know, it's all looking fabulous. And but what they don't realise is there were nights and nights and days and days and days and months and years of hard work that have gone on. Mm to go and pick up that award. When I set up my business, I was pregnant with my third child when I set up the business. And again, failure for me in my head, it was just never gonna be an option. You know, it's just not, it's not in, it wasn't in my vocabulary. Mm. And it, but it was a massive risk as well. You know, you're pregnant, you're having a baby, you've got two kids at home. I had a five year old and a one and a half year old and a baby, and I was about to have another one. Um, and I did it, I did it. You know, I had the baby, went back to work very quickly. And I look back at that time um, and I was probably, I probably worked every night, you know, I worked in the day, put the baby to bed, went back to work about half eight, worked till about one o'clock in the morning, every night, literally every night I did it. I did it for months and months and months because the work was coming in, it had to be done. Um, drive home, I'd crawl into, feed the baby, crawl into bed, you know, have a little cry to myself because I was just physically and mentally exhausted get up the next morning, feed the baby, do a bit of work, drive to work, do a few hours, come back, sort of go back to work at eight. And it was literally, I was just this little, literally on this little round and round and round. round but, I, but I look back at that time and I'll be honest, and I can look back at it now and there were times where I'd be driving back to work and I'd, I'd cry on the way, I was just exhausted, or I'd cry on the way, I was just exhausted. But the good news is that time built the business. It set me up. For the stage I'm at now. So when I go up now on to a stage and I pick up an award or I'm on the TV and it all looks fabulous, there was that time where you know you look you do you look back sometimes at times in your career and you think, how did I do that? Yeah. How, how did I get the strength to do that? But I look back at that time and it was a really difficult time. So as glamorous and as fabulous as it looks now, I gave up a lot. Mm. at the start and they were they were years of you know with, even when you've got a young baby anyway it's hard work isn't it it's exhausting. it was sheer exhaustion I remember one day honestly waking up and looking in the mirror and I was like oh my god look at those wrinkles look at those greys um and I, my husband was sat next to me and I said to him I got wrinkles at the side of my eyes and he's like oh yeah they, they came about three months ago I just didn't want to tell you I was like oh, yeah, but that literally was that period when I look back of just you know solid hard graft. But the good news is that for me it paid off. And it's interesting that you say, does it always pay off? I truly believe that if you put the hard work in, and everyone's definition as well. Let's remember this: hard work is different as yes. well, right? Let's be honest. Agreed. Yeah, let's let's you know. I've got friends who say oh, I work really hard today. I'm like, we did two hours of work. So everyone's definition. <laughs> We've all got friends like that. Yeah, everyone's got friends like that. I, I, I want to be them. I, I literally, I want my life. I'd be bored. Everyone, I couldn't do it. Oh, you have employees or staff. You know, for some people, just being in work nine to five is hard work, isn't it? Or, you know, if they've done, you know, 
a month without having a day off. That's hard work. You know, everyone's definition of hard work is different and each to their own yeah. because not everybody wants the crazy mad lifestyle that we've got as well, yeah. don't they? And we've got to respect that as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. We've got to respect that, that not everyone wants um, to walk in my shoes. You know, I've got so many people who say to me, I, I don't know how you do it and I don't want to do it either. Yeah. Um, and I get that. Yeah. Um, but I do think if you find something that you're passionate about, you put in a whole lot of hard work. Um, and I'm Muslim, so I believe that a lot of my success comes from being good as well and, and following the right moral path and uh, the blessings of Allah. Um, and I think if you have that on your side, and you, you, you will succeed. I think that there's, there's a multitude of factors, but certainly one of them for me, I, I do believe strongly, is having that faith as well yeah to put me on the right path yeah no that's really interesting so one of the themes that's coming out loud and strong is clearly around putting the hours in and, and working hard and stuff so and and you know you've got three kids so do you have any kind of work-life balance or do you I, I mean I don't think it exists I, I mean I've said in the book that I think there's different things that are important at different times and you can prioritize things at different times but this work-life balance thing to me is a myth I don't think it does exist. What do you think? I, I'm going to have to tend to agree with you there. I think it's your definition, isn't it, of what is a work-life balance. So for me, as a working mum, I've got three kids. If I want to be at every single drop-off and every single pick-up at school and every single assembly and be there every night for three hours to do homework with all of them, et cetera, et cetera, that's not going to happen, is it? That, that, I can't do that with what I'm trying to achieve. And that's just accepting in your mind that, that is not possible. So for me, for my work, it's your definition of work-life balance. Mm -hmm. I think as an entrepreneur, you never switch off. Yeah. I used to, I was an employee for many years. I was a partner in a big law firm and I used to think I worked hard. I thought, oh, I'm a partner, yeah, I work hard. And then I sell my own business. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what I was doing all those yeah. years. I, I have now arrived really? in the working hard category. Um, I used to be able to put my key in the door or you know, pull up in the drive and that was it then, I was home, end of. Whereas now it's, it's ongoing, isn't it? Um, mm. the, that work-life balance is difficult. And it's difficult also because of technology. We've got to accept that plays a massive factor, yeah. whether you're an employer or an employee, you know, you're constantly checking your emails, etc. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to switch off. But is there a work-life balance? I think you've just got to accept that it's a juggling act and you're juggling many balls at the same time. And, you know, some days you win at it Another day you think, well, I'll try harder tomorrow. Yeah. But, you know, I've got three children who are incredibly proud of their mum and the success that she's had. And, you know, if, I, if I'm getting dressed up, they'll say to me, are you, are you going to win another one? I'm like, no, I'm going for dinner. You know, nothing to do with that. Um, and, you know, they see me on TV. Oh, and I think... love that. Did they look... They, they, they do, but to them it's very, very normal. You know, the first day I went in the playground, all these kids came rushing up going, I saw you on the TV. And my kids are like, yeah, she's been on loads of times, you know. Um, but for me, I think it's important that I am a strong role model for my children to say, I've got three girls. I think it's really important that I show them that, look, you can be a good businesswoman. You can be a good professional. You can be a good mum. You can be a good wife. You can be a good family member. You can be a good friend. It's hard. You know, there's no doubt about it. You know, it's hard on you to do it. But it is possible as well 
um, you can tick all of those boxes. Uh, and it, I think key is prioritizing as well what's yeah. important. Then, you know, and I, I often sit and I say to my kids, right, do you want mommy to attend? Do you want me to come? And you'll be surprised. Some of the times say, I'm not bothered. And then I think, oh, okay, they're not bothered. And then other times say, oh no, please, can you come? And I will move mountains then to make sure I'm at that event that they want me there for. Or if it's a particular drop-off that they want me there for, you know, I will do everything I can in my power to make sure I'm there. But sometimes one thing I have realized is, for me, my children, I can't speak for everyone because everyone's children are different. Everyone's relationships are different. For me, for my children, then they're actually accepting of the fact that I can't do everything and they respect that. That's good. That's good. Because you said that obviously, you know, the time commitment to work has changed since you set up your, your own business. Um, have you had any feedback from the kids or from your husband at any point, you know, that you're too into work and that, they, you know, you need to pull back a bit or have they all just accepted how things are? No, I think they've accepted it. None of them has said um, it's too much. I, I always say this. I think children generally are inherently selfish. They just want their own boxes ticked. When they're a certain age, they just want their... In fact, I've got a teenager. As long as her boxes get ticked in life, she doesn't really care about the rest. And I think as long as I'm there for them, I don't think it's massively affected them. So it's just prioritising and realising what's important to them. But I think they respect the fact that I'm their mum and I've been out to work and I couldn't pick them up from school, but we've done something fun on a Saturday. And, and so it's just getting that balance do you, right. Do you find that when you do have that time at, at the weekends, because I'm, I'm really, tr I try as much as possible to try and protect weekends now and, um, and, I, and I make sure that, you know, we go and do something really fun at, at, at the weekend and, and I, I'm really, really protective of that time. And, you know, pre-COVID times, I used to finish work earlier on a Friday so that I could pick my daughter up from school. Like that's one day a week where she's not in after school club. Um, but because of that, I would make sure that we would go and do something really, really yeah. fun together. And I think that that's better than being there every afternoon to pick her up and coming home and whacking the TV on. And I'm not saying that that's what everyone else does. I'm sure it's not. But I think when you've got, less time to do stuff maybe you're more protective about making sure it's quality time yeah absolutely and I think that and that goes back to me saying to the kids you know what do you want to do this weekend you know what's important to you rather than me thinking it's really I mean there's times where as you quite right you know I've picked them up from school and I've you know I've got the train back from London and I've timed it so it gets in at quarter past three so I can be at the school gates at half past and that you know I'll turn up and they'll be like um have you got you know they'll just come over and switch the tv on I'm like I've just literally run and I've done this and, and you know you're not actually that bothered and um, so I think it's just about prioritizing for the kids you know what's important to you yeah. what do they want to do what 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 can mommy do for you you know how does it work and and to be honest I think your successes as well we celebrate as a family so if we've won an award or we've won a great contract or you know the tv program came out or you know there's, there's something good that's happened as for the family you know we, we we make it their success you know this is our result it's a family business and i think they then enjoy um i they then enjoy that part of it yeah I, I like that that's 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 nice and i think the fact that you've got like that open communication with them where they can tell you which 
school things important for you to be at and so on that's good and you know the fact that they can see you working hard and they know why you're working hard and they understand what you do that's you know that's it's really important isn't it it is important and I think it's important for the kids to have these positive not just their mum you know there's so many different um fantastic men and women because it's not all about women fantastic men and women out there who were doing things that, that, you know, are fantastic, that I want my children to see and be exposed to and admire. You know, I often watch these talks and your TEDx talk, I actually watched with my daughter. Oh, really? um, and I, yeah, I think it's really important that they, you know, I often get in bed at night and I'll watch things that I've wanted to catch up on the day or, and, and they'll often sit next to me and they'll, they'll, they'll listen as well because I think it's important to, for them to see that, what grown-ups do and how the world works in a you know in a positive there's so much negativity isn't there you know you switch on the news and it's all doom and gloom but success stories you know they make us all happy don't they I, you know I, I'm incredibly proud of all of my friends who've gone on to do well as I say I've got a teenager and for me it's really important that she chooses positive role models for herself and we all know young girls are influenced by you know the kind of instagram followers and yeah. following that they want um you know um and i do a lot of i do a lot of talks at schools as well and i always say to the kids there you know it's fine to have all these you know followers uh, and, and instagram influencers and whatever you're choosing but please also choose some real role models that you want to aspire to be like um who are actually you know have got some substance get behind the social media profile that they've got and they all look at me like really and I'm like yeah you know because that you you need to inspire to have some real it's fine to have all these influences your role models you know I can't pull my children up my, my daughter away from that but at the same time try and aspire to other more positive not more positive because they're equally positive but more a diverse range of role models that you aspire to want to be I think that's good advice. So I haven't actually known you that long. I was thinking about this this morning. We only met last year, but really hit it off. And I, one of my, like my first impression of you was that you were like super confident, dead interesting, like loads of really, really positive stuff. And clearly you've, you know, you've really progressed with, with your business, with your career, and you've got loads of vines in the fire with loads of things. I think you're dead cool. But do you ever, or have you ever, suffered from imposter syndrome along the way, or even now? Definitely. I don't think there's anybody who at, successful who at some stage hasn't suffered from imposter syndrome and still gets snippets of it now. Um, yeah, of course I have. I, you know, I, I know I'm sat down now, but I'm quite a small, um, petite woman, um, and. I remember looking back at my career where at the start I was really good at, at my job straight away and the partners I worked for in the law firm who was this top dog partner you know um, that everybody wanted they wanted this particular partner on their case and she very quickly realized that I was very good so I remember she started sending me to see her clients or for meetings she'd say oh you just pick that up and literally I'd walk in and you know I was like a 22 year old you know, tiny five foot petite young girl. I'd, I'd literally walk in and the clients, the, the, the look of disappointment on their face when they saw me and they'd be looking behind me and be like, no, it's just me. <laughs> and I looked about 15 and, you know, literally, and, and that experience, literally I went through a good few years of it where 
the disappointment of clients wanting the top dog. Actually, she totally believed in me, so she sent me. But that disappointment of who's this imposter that's literally turned up. And at that stage, I probably was. You know, there was a massive imposter syndrome going on. But I very quickly learned that it, you, can, you can channel that imposter syndrome, put it away. If you can deliver, if you've got the ability, if you've got the technique, if prep, preparation is absolutely key to, to overcoming imposter syndrome in any circumstance. Um, and I remember having years of that, um, of being able to walk into a room and that look of, I didn't want you. Um, and being able to, you know, and by the end of the meeting, having won that client over, that next time they actually said, well, can Aisha come instead? Um, I'm quite happy. Do you want to just send Aisha? Um, so I had years and years of doing that. And I think that stood me in really good stead um, for that imposter syndrome kind of, oh, I'm going into somewhere and I'm not who, you know, I'm not who what they think it's going to be. But yeah, everyone gets it. Um, preparation is key. I don't, I have to admit though, when I thought about this when you just asked me, I don't get it very much anymore. Um, I'm a lot more comfortable in my skin than I probably was. You know, I think in your 40s, most women will say that they are more comfortable in their skin by the time they get to our, you know, at, well, by the time they get to my, so I don't have it as much anymore, I'm not going to lie, but I've massively had it in the past. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think, you know, experience and develops your confidence, doesn't it? So then you oh, know that you're good. And even though you knew you were good back then, when you're younger and you do need a bit of validation and a bit of experience under your belt to, to get to that point, I guess. Um, yeah, you, you can't fight. You can't buy experience, can you? And when you get to my age, I've been in pretty much every scenario. I've not had a career break. I've worked nonstop. You know, my professional and my personal life experiences have good, stood me in good stead to now be able to adapt to pretty much any circumstance when it's thrown at me. Um, but I will also only put myself in situations that I know I, that I'm comfortable with and I know I can deal with. So... You know, I wouldn't put myself out there to do something that I can't do. Obviously, yeah, there's everything that, that within a, you know, a certain boundary. But now I'm at the stage now where I know what I can do. I know what I can do good. Um, I know what I can do okay. But then if it's something out of my remit, I'm wise enough now to say, that's not my area. So, you know, it's, it's not for me. Yeah, and I guess it's, it is knowing when to say no, because I think when you are progressing and you, you want, you know, you want to progress your career, you're ambitious and you're taught, I guess, to say yes to everything. Yeah, you are, yeah. Actually, I do agree with that, but then it does also then get to a point where you are more comfortable and confident and competent in everything that you do, and then it's almost the reverse, and actually you need to, to learn to start saying no or, or to point someone in a different direction, so... Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So, um, we've talked about quite a bit, which is great. So, let's um, wrap up with you sharing what would be your one key piece of advice that you would want to pass on to younger women who are just sort of starting out on their career path. I think it's got to be something we've covered throughout, which is work hard. I think there is no substitute for hard work in your career and surround yourself with other like-minding hard-working ambitious people because you are 
very much influenced by the company that you keep. You know, when we were at school, you know, your parents always wanted you to hang out with the hardworking group of girls rather than the dosses. Um, and that, I think, is the same in your work life as well. You know, if, there's, if, if, you, can, if you can become a group of hardworking individuals, whether that's as employees or whether that's, you know, if you're business owners, it's just surrounding yourself with people who've got the right work ethic to work hard and, and really just, in, it, and then you can encourage each other. You've got a network, haven't you, of like-minded, hardworking people who will go on to inspire you. So I think, yeah, it's probably two things really, work hard and surround yourself with good, like-minded people. I really like both of those. I mean, clearly working hard to come out as a theme during our conversation, but that bit around um, like-minded people, I think that was a game changer for me a few years back because I've always had quite a varied network of friends and, and, and I've still got all of those friends. But I think if you're trying to specifically improve your career and your performance, whether it be business or, or within a corporate or whatever, who you surround yourself with is very important because if you've got the mates that are the good time friends that sort of want to drag you out for drinks after work or at the weekend or whatever, that that's not going to be hugely helpful. It might be fun. Uh, yeah, and you need them as well. We need them as well. So any of my friends who watch this that are the good timers, don't drop me. I still want to hang out with you. But I think, but I think if you're specifically looking to to progress within your career, you've got to have some some like-minded folks around. Absolutely, you yeah. They will encourage you and they'll motivate you. And as you said, they don't necessarily have to be in the industry that you work in. Never. No, I always find that a lot of my inspiration comes from talking to other women like yourself and like the whole host of others and like you have those conversations whether it be a coffee or lunch or whatever or, or a night out even and you come away and you're like really fired up about stuff and yeah, right. you, might not, you might not necessarily have even spoken about workloads it's just the energy I think that certain people definitely have. yeah definitely and I think it is as you as you've said I think it's building that network of people look we've all got friends and we've all got family I'm not talking about them. They're, they're, they're there. You, you're always going to have the friends that you want to socialise. And you, and you need those to switch off, don't you? Yeah. Because it'd be a very tough life if every you were, you were with this, these strong, high-powered people. Part them to one side. I'm talking about having building a network of inspirational mm. um, women and men, because it's not all about women, women and men who you can just bounce ideas off. They don't have to be in the same industry they've just got to be go-getters as well. And, you know, there'll be times where, you know, I might ring you and say, you know, I'm, I'm exhausted. And you'll say, come on, Aisha, you can do, these are the people that you want around you that you can say, got this idea, what do you think? And, you know, you might ring me and I say, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? You, you need, you need the, that network around you of like-minded people. And, and the world's a small place now, isn't it? You know, we're, we've got a Zoom chat going on now it's like we sat together um so use all of the um me the, the tools available to you to build that network as well you know linkedin's great isn't it you know all the social media channel um, avenues are fantastic to build up your network um it, and it is all out there isn't it if you want it mm -hmm. yep absolutely well thank you very much thank you to chat to you so nice to see you and um you know you've got you, you give great advice which i obviously know so i'm sure there's some absolute gems in there to to go into the book and also thank you
Yeah, good luck with the book, Sophie. I'm so proud of you. I know it's going to be a, a hit. Can't wait to buy it. Will you give me a sign? I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Ambition Accelerator as much as I enjoyed recording it. If this was your first experience of tuning in, go back and listen to previous episodes as there are some brilliant ones. Please do go and check those out. Hope to catch you next time.